Hey folks! As requested by a few of you, I created a Patreon with some really cool stuff. For example having your name or company and anything you may want promoted mentioned in each episode. Which you know is a lot and other cool things like ad-free listening. So I can hopefully make a career doing what I love which is, giving people a healthy escape from reality or content to fall asleep to. The link is in the description or Google G. A. W. I. D. Entertainment Podcasts Patreon. I appreciate you. Law Enforcers of Reddit, what is the craziest you'll never believe me story that a suspect victim told you that actually turned out to be true? Get a complaint of a burglary from a guy we deal with from time to time who has schizophrenia. The guy says someone broke into his house and stole like $0.38 and change from his coffee table, two slices of cheese from his fridge, and two Tylenol gel caps. The interior of the guy's house looks like something off of a hoarder show. So I ignore the guy and let him fill out a statement form for an initial report that I plan to bury in a file because he is obviously having problems with not taking his psych meds. Two weeks later he calls panicking. Get dispatched back out to his house. This time he's missing around $0.72 from his coffee table a can of Vienna sausages and three doses of his prescription heart medication. Same thing. I let him rant and rave about being robbed and he asks repeatedly what he can do to stop this from happening. I give him a half thought answer like that he should invest in cameras for his house, take his statement and leave. Another week passes get sent out a third time. Same random items missing, spare change, a fishing lure, and half of a bologna sandwich from his fridge. This time he's smiling and keeps saying we got the some ch this time. He pulls back back a blanket from beside his recliner and it's a monitor, attached to 6 or 7 cameras around the inside of the house. Pulls up the video and sure enough a guy slides his kitchen window open and lets himself in. He takes loose change from the coffee table, steals one fishing lure, and takes a bite out of the dude's sandwich in the fridge before opening the fridge back up and taking half of the sandwich. Turns out to be another schizophrenic that lies down the road from him. I went to a report of a mentally disturbed person who called police reporting that the devil called and told him to kill people on the streets and then kill himself. I checked his previous police files, and he had massive history of mental health issues. He was taken to the mental ward many times and was diagnosed with a form of paranoid schizoaffective disorder. Anyways my partner and I show up and talk to the guy. He's sweating bullets, eyes darting around, trembling and totally terrified. He explains that for the last 6 years, the devil calls him nightly via telephone and then when he calls for help, the police take him to the mental institute. He says the devil tells him to kill people then kill himself. As we are about to call our mental health unit to come talk to him, the phone rings. My partner answers the phone at the guy's request. Guess what? Some freaking bastard was using a voice changer and pranking this dude with mental health issues for years pretending to be the devil. I can't tell you how surreal that moment was. The poor man's face change. Kind of like he's finally been vindicated and he knows it's not just in his head. So we investigated that pranker and eventually charged him. The guy who had called was so freaking happy. Dude that's fricked up. A frequent flyer would call in at least once a week telling us people keep wanting to have sex with him and won't leave him alone. We would send someone out there and he would always be alone and it would be unfounded. One night he called and said he was at the store and a man keeps asking to have oral sex with him. We go out there and nobody else is there, but he said the person left and gave us a license plate number that had a local address. We went out there and the address was for a funeral home. 
the vehicle was a hearse, and the hood was still warm. After talking to the mortician he confessed to soliciting the guy. For once the guy was telling the truth. For once the guy was telling the truth. I'm just going to pretend they were all legit. The man can't leave the house without being propositioned for sex. It's made life crippling and the legal system thinks he's crazy. Cousin works in a city with mountains nearby. Stationed at the foothills substation. She gets a call about a spacecraft landing at a house. Very slow day. So she decides to humor her dispatch. At the house. Hysterical woman talking about invaders from space greets her. And my cousin rolls her eyes. However she says she can show her the spacecraft. Old lady takes my cousin out about 200 feet from her house. And there, in her backyard is an impact crater. Turns out it was a mini satellite that survived ray entry. This should be further up. I work loss prevention for a major retailer. Working LP one day and I see a juvenile female selecting multiple items without looking at price. Something that is a cue to me to start watching closely. She takes the cosmetics out of the packaging and then goes into the fitting room with one shirt. I get another officer to watch the cameras and I make my way out to the floor. The female exits and I check the stall. Nothing in there except a shirt. I head out to the entrance and wait for her to exit. As soon as she exits I identify myself and ask her to return. The tears started running down her face and she begged me not to call the police or her mom. Told her that I would at least have to contact her mom. I call her mother and she says she is disabled and cannot get out of bed. I ask if there is anyone else that can pick her up and she sends a family friend. During the interview with the female she said she is having a really hard time and that she was really, really sorry. Giving her the benefit of the doubt I decide not to charge her on the grounds that she remains trespassed and doesn't get into trouble with any other retailer. She agrees. A few days later I get an envelope with a letter. It says thank you. And again how sorry she is. She explained the reason she took the cosmetics is because her mother has stage 4 cancer and only has weeks to live and couldn't bring herself to ask for money from her mother because she is so sick and very broke. It honestly broke my heart. I frame the letter and keep it in my office as a reminder not to judge people quickly. Make all new hires read it as well. Every one of them have the same who cut the onions and here look. Friend of my parents worked for law enforcement as a psychiatrist for a time. An older lady was brought in one day, extremely distressed and yelling how her family wants to see her locked up in a psychiatric ward and take hold of all the silver mines she owns. My parents friend went through the hassle to check the story, just to be sure. Turned out to be 100% true. Lady was not one bit crazy. These are not my pants. As we were cruising around town we spotted a guy, Jim, wanted for questioning in relation to breaching an intervention order. He was in the passenger seat of a car with some other guy we didn't know, Bob. We pull the car over, arrest Jim and put him in the back of our car. As we're searching his car and Bob, Jim was one of our local drug dealers. I find a point of ice in Bob's pocket. So I'm telling Bob he's under arrest for drugs and he looks me dead in the eye and says officer, I swear to god, these are not my pants. I almost laughed in his face, you can't be serious, that's the best you can come up with but again he said I swear to god, these are not my pants and that's not my drugs. Apparently Jim and Bob had a big night drinking at Jim's house and Bob had misplaced his pants before passing out. When they woke up Bob grabbed the first pair or jeans he found and drove Jim into town for some maccas totally unaware of the drug in his pocket. A likely story if I ever heard one. 
So I open up our car and ask Jim, are they your pants? Yeah they are. He couldn't find his own. Can you tell me about anything that was in those pants? Oh crap. Yeah the point that I didn't smoke yesterday. Jim made full admissions to owning both the pants and the drugs while Bob was happily free to go. Jim is such a bro for not throwing his friend under the bus. A dumbass, but still a bro. I was a detective for a few years, assigned to violent crimes investigations. I got called in one night for a male victim that literally was dumped out of a vehicle at the entrance to the emergency room. He had been shot in the side right around the hip area with a shotgun, but was conscious and alert. While talking to him, he wouldn't give any information whatsoever about his name or anything. While in the air, the doctor informed me that when they cut his pants off he had a significant amount of crack in his pocket. He initially stuck to his story and once discharged about a week later he was arrested for the crack. This is where the story takes the turn. He immediately dropped the those aren't my pants story which is more common than anyone could imagine, but still wouldn't give any more information about what happened. He did finally give all his personal information. He was from out of state and couldn't make bond. So after sitting in jail for about 4 months, he finally decided he wanted to talk about what happened. Turns out on the night he was shot, he and some of his associates decided they were going to rob a known drug dealer. To achieve this, they dressed up as federal agents with BDU pants, full uniform style shirts and badges. When they got to the house, they announced they were police and as soon as he grabbed the glass door, the guy on the inside swing opened the main door and fired a shotgun through the outer door, striking him. Everyone ran back to the car, jumped in and on the way. One of the other guys gave him clothes to put on so that he didn't show up at the hospital with the uniform style outfit. Every piece of his story was verified through the investigation to include the drug dealer had not replaced his glass door and it was still shattered. Read this in the local paper. I live in a small town in Australia. This guy was out fishing in the bush when an elephant goes running past. So he reports it to the police who proceed to laugh and ask what he's been smoking. The next day someone came in to report a missing elephant. It turns out some circus elephants had been retired to a local farm. I'm not a law enforcer, but when I was 21 I went to a public park to smoke weed with a group of my friends. I had weed in my car, and papers to roll up joints, of which I rolled three to split between the six of us. While I sat in the car waiting for my friends to get there, I mistrusted a fart and shat my dang pants. This park was about a mile and a half from my house, so I drove back in a hurry. I was speeding, and got pulled on the crossroad between my street and another for going 15 over. The cop approaches my car and after the typical license and registration, takes a whiff and goes what am I smelling. I make eye contact and tell him sir. I pooped my pants and was speeding home before a date. The officer looked back to his car, leaned his head back in a bit and sniffed, pulled his head out and winced, slapped the side of my car twice and said hurry home son and let me go. Small miracles, I guess. So, dispatch advises my partner and I of a 911 call, where the caller advises there is a pilot who parked a plane in his yard and then went to the nearby bar. Dispatch advises the caller doesn't speak conversational English and the call was translated via a translation service. Knowing the address is on a lake, I assume there is a mistranslation. Someone probably drove a boat up to his dock and went to the bar. Partner calls me, he's on the shitter, and going to be a minute. He assumes the same thing regarding translation that I do. That's cool. I arrive first. Holy crap. It's an actual plane. 
in his driveway, specifically a seaplane, apparently it was driven up the boat ramp, turned off into his driveway, and shut down. I call my partner, yeah, you need to come here and see this crap, go to the bar, who owns the plane drunk guy does, apparently he was there to visit his friend, landed on the lake, and taxied to his friend's driveway, except he got addresses mixed up apparently, and now he's drunk so I don't want him to move the plane, turns out planes are light and he pushed it to the correct driveway. I investigate workplace discrimination complaints, one guy worked for a government morgue, he claimed his boss was stealing embalming tables. Who steals embalming tables I thought? Turns out, the boss was selling them to funeral homes and pocketing the profit. So I'm patrolling in, beach tourist destination, and it's about 2am so I'm on the lookout for drunk drivers. There's a guy swerving a little bit up the road. He was on a back road and there was nobody else around. I decide to check it out. Flip on the lights and the guy pulls over immediately. I start chatting with the guy and he's slurring his words. Cop, where you coming from? Guy, just heading back to my hotel from the beach. Cop, any reason why you're swerving? Guy, I'm on some medication from a surgery I recently had and I'm pretty tired. So I'm thinking okay buddy. I grab his license and registration. I run it and it comes back clean. I take a look in his backseat with my flashlight on the way back. Not only is there two 30 packs of beer in the back seat, the floor is absolutely littered with empty beer cans. Cop, so what's with all the beer in the back? Guy, well, my neighbor really likes that brand of beer and he was house sitting for us, so we are bringing some back to him as a gift. Cop, so what's with all the empty beer cans on the floor? Guy, well while we were at the beach the other day we saw a part of the beach that was trashed. I couldn't leave the beach like that. Cop, alright buddy, you need to step out of the car, so I make him take a breather lizard and he blows 0.000, so I make him blow again, 0.000, keep in mind this guy is slurring his words left and right, so I ask him if I can take him back to the hotel and I'll drive his wife back to pick up his car, he agrees, I get to the hotel and the wife was worried sick because he had been out so late, the wife confirms that he's on medication. He goes to sleep and as the wife and I are walking out, I start questioning her. Cop, I saw a bunch of empty beer cans in the back seat. He drink a lot, woman. Oh no, he insisted we spend an hour of our beach trip cleaning up the beach. He wanted to drop off the cans at the recycling center before we go back home. He doesn't drink at all. Cop, interesting, there was two cases of beer in the back seat. Woman, oh yes, my neighbor absolutely loves a beer can't get it where we're from. Easily the most surprised I've ever been. Three years ago, working in our civil department, landlord wants his tenants out, says the usual things that set off the BS meter, they're drug users, criminals, thugs, keeping a prisoner in the mother-in-law suite, landlord himself is a slumlord, says outrageous stuff for all of his tenants he wants to evict, turns out that it was actually true in this case, partially. The tenants were a man and his elderly mother. They were keeping the man's developmentally challenged brother padlocked in the mother-in-law suite of the house with no plumbing or electricity. This family had been doing a rent-to-own thing with the landlord for 10 years or so, and only recently stopped paying. Turns out that they had been feeding the brother through the mail slot in the suite's door, and the interior had no furniture besides the most disgusting mattress you can imagine. We don't know how long he had been kept in there, but I have never seen a more revolting place in my entire life.
telling this from the perspective of the person the officer wouldn't have believed. My family is in the car coming home from dinner, and my dad goes to get onto the on-ramp for the freeway. The brake lights of the car in front of him go on, so he slows down. Then he realizes that the car in front of us isn't just braking. They are actively reversing back down the on-ramp. My dad barely had enough time to stop before the car in front of us reversed directly into our car. Airbags deployed. We hopped out of the car, and by some miracle the car behind us was a cop with her dash cam on. Most people don't reverse down on ramps, so without her being there and seeing it, there's no way anyone would have believed that we didn't rear-end the guy. Back when I was working parking enforcement, a man approached me, calm as could be, and told me he'd had to park his car in a loading zone and that it was now on fire. He asked if there was a way to make sure it wasn't ticketed, since he couldn't move it. I figured maybe it was overheating or something, but I checked the loading zone, and sure enough, the engine was straight up on fire. He was mildly surprised when I called 911 to get a fire engine over to make sure the fire didn't spread. I work in air pollution control. One of our actual officers got an anonymous compliant call through the tip line about a body shop that didn't have the right equipment, was operating without a permit, etc. Meet the officer out there to inspect the place and see what's up. As I'm pulling in, the shop's yard is a mess. Random wrecked cars all over the place, bits and pieces of engines and such under tarps, or just casually laying on a pallet. There's a small pile of tires in one corner. All it's missing is a chained up Doberman and a razor wire fence. I was glad I had an officer along. We walk into the shop proper, and it's even more cluttered than the yard. There's bits and pieces of at least three different cars in old milk crates, and two different vehicles in various states of disassembly on the shop floor. Tell the owner why we're there, and he's super confused. Says he has a paint booth that he loans out to a buddy who does his painting for him, but he doesn't do very much work. We go through the whole speech about changing the filters and such, and the guy's even more confused looking. He swears he just bought new filters for the thing, they're quite expensive, and he says again that he doesn't do all that much paint work. I'm not buying it given the state of the shop and the yard, so I ask to see the booth. He walks us into another building, and there's an absolutely beautiful paint booth in there. Everything is clean and the filters are in good shape. He's got the right kind of paint guns, all his containers are covered, and the ventilation is hooked up properly. There's not the faintest whiff of paint, let alone some sort of odor worth calling the tip line to complain about. I couldn't find anything to cite as a violation, and there wasn't even anything to warn him about. One of the better body shops I've ever been in as far as housekeeping goes. Now we're all confused. The officer asks the guy if anyone from any other agency had been out to visit lately. The guy says no. Then he asks if maybe he fired someone lately, since sometimes former employees who get fired will call to complain and try to get their old boss in trouble. Again the guy says no, just him and his dad that work in the shop, and his buddy that comes to paint. We all scratch our heads trying to figure out who called in the complaint, because there's nothing wrong here. On the way out, the officer casually remarks that he'd like to get his hands on a Camaro like that one over there. That's when the light bulb went off. Turns out the owner of the Camaro was unhappy with the speed of progress on his car. The shop owner had been working on it for free as a favor, and had gotten bogged down with other work, so he hadn't had a chance to finish it. They had apparently argued about it a few days before we got the call, and the rest is history. 
Serious, police officers of Reddit, have you ever witnessed or had to take part in an arrest that you knew was wrong? If so, what happened? This arrest wasn't wrong in an illegal way. It was just wrong in a way that made me feel bad for the arrested person. I responded to a warrant service called in by an anonymous caller at a restaurant. I found my suspect sitting alone at a table. Confirmed his id and the miscellaneous traffic warrants. Once I got him cuffed and into the car he told me his story. He was going through a divorce. His estranged wife called him and told him she wanted to try and make it work. She asked for a date at the restaurant. Shortly after he showed up, she went to the bathroom. He thought she was gone for a long time, and he knew he had been tricked when I walked through the door. If I wasn't a rookie at the time I'd probably left him in the parking lot and told him to call the municipal court on Monday. Lad I know has a non-molestation order his ex got against him, she called him the other week and told him if he wanted to see his kids, meet her at the train station. He gets there and the police are waiting for him. Like what the frick is wrong with people? I refused to make an arrest that I felt was wrong, and disobeyed an order from my supervisor resulting in an internal affairs investigation which was eventually dismissed. I was cruising the parking lot of a popular bar restaurant after hours and I see a lone pickup truck parked with the windows down. I run the tag and everything comes back clean. I tell dispatch where I'm at and I approach the vehicle. In the back seat, I see a guy asleep. I wake him up and we start talking. He tells me that he was at a birthday party, drank too much, and decided to sleep it off in his car. The guy seems okay, so my plan was to run his license, make sure he wasn't wanted or anything and then let him get back to sleep. My supervisor had heard me call out and decided to join me on the stop. For whatever reason, he decided to completely frick this guy. He told me to run him through field sobriety exercises, which he failed. Then he told me to make the arrest for DUI. Even though he was asleep and his keys were in his pocket, he was still legally in control of the vehicle. I was astounded that he would make an issue out of this and I tried explaining that this guy, who hadn't had so much as a ticket in his past, was doing the right thing by not driving and that if we locked him up, the next time he drank, he wouldn't bother sleeping it off. He wasn't hearing any of it and ordered me to make the arrest. I flat out told him that I wasn't making it and that he'd either have to do it himself or call another officer. He called another officer, a rookie still on field training, who basically couldn't refuse. I apologized to the guy, left the scene, and called my union rep. I arrested a guy once out of the following scenario. Drunk driver with his GFS passenger driving down the freeway get into verbal altercation. Driver pulls over, gets out and yanks GF out of car. Starts to beat her pretty severely on the side of freeway. Man driving behind them sees the beating. Pulls over behind the fight. Gets out and beats the heck out of the drunk abuser WTH a pair of brass knuckles. I arrested the drunk driver for DUI and domestic violence etc. But had to arrest the man who intervened for assault with a deadly weapon and possession of an illegal weapon. Brass knuckles. I felt bad but had to because you can't pick and choose what to take action on in a situation like that. Good news was that the dropped all charges on the brass knuckle man due to the circumstances and the fact that he assaulted the man in an effort to help the poor girlfriend. The brass knuckles were what made me have to arrest him in the first place, but the dropped the charge as well. I was glad it ended that way. Ex-police officer, 7 years, NSW, Australia. Nothing illegal, that doesn't really happen. I had to arrest people when I probably would have behaved the same as them. Example, called to residence, one man beating the crap out of another, 
Turns out that the aggressor came home to find his 34-year-old brother having intercourse with his 14-year-old daughter. I probably would have done the same. It's not illegal as I have never been a part of an illegal arrest. Got information about a guy in town with a gross misdemeanor warrant. GM is a step down from felony, leading to anywhere up to a year in jail. I'd elaborate more on what the warrant was for, but due to privacy and it being an ongoing case, I can't. So I go to the guy's house and knock in his door. I figure he's not home anyway since most of the time, these guys aren't home. Lo and behold he answers. I tell him he has a warrant, tell him what it's for, and he doesn't believe me. Now believe it or not, people lie to cops all the time. So in my head I'm thinking yeah yes it. I keep telling him that he needs to get dressed. He's going to jail. After talking with him for about 45 minutes, he wasn't being combative or resistant, just confused, he agrees. My sergeant got a screenshot of the electronic warrant we had on our computers, showed him that it was a $500 bond and he could get out within an hour or two since he had the money, and be done with it. Well he cooperates, we get up to jail and I start reading through the case to see if he was telling the truth about it. He claimed he never got a court date. Never received anything in the mail, nothing. Again when he first told me I figured he was lying. I check through the case, and find something from the county attorney. It was the formal criminal complaint. I thought to myself perfect, that will have his court date on there. Show that he was served, and this guy can shut up. I look through, find out the court date was intentionally left blank and it wasn't served. Then I find out from jail staff that the county attorney put out the paperwork with no court date on purpose. Basically, he is then mailed paperwork saying come to jail to be booked for this charge, despite the fact that the official proceedings and court hasn't begun and then we will give you your court date. Turns out that the paperwork they mailed to him was returned, never delivered. As a result, the warrant went out for his arrest. It kinda rubbed me the wrong way. Seemed a lot like a guilty until proven innocent type deal. Again I did everything by the book. Everything was legal. Just kinda. Odd. I've had to detain people when I've agreed with their reasons for acting out. But I knew it was for their own safety. I worked in a prison and the threat of violence and personal injury could get quite high if a client went against what the others were doing. So even if the guy was morally right we'd remove him for his own safety. It didn't happen often. But when it did I felt bad for the guy. Usually, being able to talk a person out of a situation is a much more valuable and utilized skill than arresting someone where I worked. Well, utilized by the good officers anyway. Wrong as an illegal? I've never witnessed an illegal arrest. Wrong from a moral standpoint happens rarely. I have only had one arrest that has bothered me. I was dispatched to an accident on the interstate. It was bad enough that the car had to be towed but nobody was injured. When we tow a car it has to be a wrecker contracted with the city that picks it up. We can't wait around 4 hours with lanes on the interstate closed for the tow truck you want. So our tow truck gets there and this guy starts arguing. His female passenger who was drunk tries to prevent the tow truck from leaving by blocking the driver from getting in the truck. We move her and tell her to stop. The driver gets in and starts driving away. The drunk girl runs in front of the truck to prevent it from leaving. This peed off my sergeant. And he told me to arrest her. I had a choice to arrest her for public intox or interference with police duties. I decided to go with the pie charge because it is a lesser charge and I didn't feel this girl needed to go to jail for this stupid crap. Pie arrests go to a separate detention center and are released when they sober up. 
they do not go to the county lockup. So the whole way there she is crying saying how she is working at a law firm and this will get her fired. We get there and the detention center they won't accept her because she was in a car accident. I guess this was a new policy to minimize liability. I can't let her go and can't take her for pie because the county doesn't accept pie arrests. So my only option is to charge her with with interference with police duties which is a more serious charge. So I had to take her for that. Not sure what happened to her. I hope she didn't lose her job. I didn't mind arresting her for pie. But I don't think she deserved the other charge even though she was guilty of it. I have a couple arrests I had to make. But didn't want to. I once had to arrest a mom. Because a good for nothing 21 year old son was being a lazy piece of trash and didn't want to go to school. The son was living at home and commuting to the community college. Which was also paid for by his parents. After being fed up with her son skipping numerous days of class, his mom told him he was going to school whether he liked it or not. She picked up his backpack and threw it at him in an effort to get him to put it on and go to school. The son made no attempt to catch or dodge it and just let it smack him right in the face. He then proceeded to call the police to report a domestic assault. Since he was over 18 and they were cohabitating it qualified as a domestic. And Utah law has a shell arrest on any domestic with probable cause. The second was a father and his 13 year old son. They got in a verbal argument about something. Can't remember now. But long story short 13 year old decides to take on his old man and takes a swing. Dad dodges the blow and tackles his son and they end up crashing into a couch. The son starts flailing and the dad pops the son three times in the face. The son had a bloody nose when we arrived. I ended up citing the kid for assault and the dad with child abuse. I didn't want to cite the dad, but my superior said since there were three punches he wanted him cited, so I was ordered to cite him. Apparently if there had only been one punch he would have been fine with me not citing. Anyway, both of these charges against these people were dropped by the judge, so it didn't end up being too bad. Ex-cop here. Wasn't an arrest per se, but it still involves handcuffs and the back of a police car. I was still on field training so I had my field training officer riding with me. Emergency call goes out. A guy claims he dropped his kids off with his ex-wife and they had an argument. He says he left and the wife called him a bit later and told him she locked herself and her kids in the bathroom and was going to hurt herself and her kids. Holy freaking crap. I'm racing down the road lights and sirens. Heart pounding out of my chest. My FTO keeps telling me, when we get there, try the door, if it's locked, don't knock, kick it in, lives are at stake right? We get there and ex-husband pulls in behind us, I try the door and it's locked, I glance at my FTO who nods and I proceed to kick the door to this house in, it wasn't a normal metal exterior door, it was actually a flimsy wooden door so it flew open really easily, immediately I'm greeted by a woman on the stairs, it was a split foyer house. Screaming what the frick she's holding a baby in one arm and holding her toddler child's hand with the other. Everyone is very okay and rightfully frightened by the crazy police officers that just smashed through their front door. We separate everyone and it's pretty clear that the ex-husband is just a complete bag of turds and is making the whole thing up to stick it to his ex. But he sticks to his story. I'm no psychologist. But this lady never had any intention of harming her children. We had to take her away for an emergency evaluation anyway. My lieutenant was more worried that if something did happen and we didn't take her, it would fall back on us. Which is a legitimate concern. 
but then raises the question, what's to stop people from just making crap up and saying someone told them they were going to kill themselves to get them taken away by the cops. A couple of other veteran officers ended up showing up as well and we were all just peed off. We all knew what was going on and we couldn't do crap about it. We take this poor lady out of sight from her kids before handcuffing her and putting her in the car. I felt like the biggest piece of crap putting those cuffs on her. My FTO and I basically just non-stop apologized to her on the way to the hospital. It was such freaking BS. Heck, his kids are probably petrified of cops now because of that whole thing. I hope karma comes down hard on her ex-husband if it hasn't already. Cops of Reddit. What are some of the best worst ways people have tried to get out of getting a ticket from you? My dad was pulled over going way, way too fast on the interstate late at night, like 1 to 2 am. He is an anesthesiologist, and got called into work because someone had been shot. It turned out that the person who had been shot was a cop, and so not only did my dad not receive a ticket, he got a police escort to the hospital and he has refused to tell me exactly how fast they went. Hearing that story as a kid made me think my very by the book awkward dad was super cool. Working for a small town where everyone knows everyone, I see a car blow a stop sign at a high rate of speed without tapping their brakes or slowing down. I pull the car over and it's a woman that had served me lunch at our local diner earlier in the day. When I walk up I see her starting to cry until she recognizes me, then magically the tears were instantly gone. We make small chit chat for a couple minutes and she tells me thank god it's you who pulled me over or else I know I'd be getting a ticket. I laugh and ask for her it just for formalities. I wasn't planning on giving her a citation until I saw her past record. In the previous 3 months she had been pulled over 7 times and given 5 citations. Everything from speeding, mostly for over 25 miles per hour the posted limit, and running stop signs. Seeing this I know she hasn't learned her lesson about safe driving and needs another reminder. So I write her. I go back to her car and she starts screaming at me saying I thought you were one of the cool cops. I tell her to have a nice night and to take a moment to calm down before she drives off. She tells me screw you and rolls up her window. Just because I know you doesn't mean I'm automatically going to let you go. And, if I do write you it doesn't mean I'm not a cool cop. Pulled over in an registered vehicle. They tried to offer me money. Behind me was a very large group of students watching on. All of them had access to my microphone to hear what was going on. I tried to explain this to the driver. He simply wouldn't listen or didn't understand. Not that it would have made a difference but I would have preferred to avoid having to arrest him for a stupid mistake. He ended up getting arrested for a range of charges. Do you know why I pulled you over? So it wouldn't be so windy while we talked? Co-worker of mine was speeding one day on a southbound highway. Told the cop hey man, I know you got to give me a ticket, but please write out for northbound, or else my wife will think I'm cheating on her. The cop laughed and told him to slow down and let him off. He was not married, nor was he even seeing anybody. Smart. He could then dispute the ticket and prove he wasn't on the northbound. As a patrol officer, you pull cars over multiple times a day. After almost 10 years in law enforcement, I've pulled over many. I've heard them all. Best, that would have to be the guy I pulled over for speeding. I made my approach. Guy rolls down window. I said my speech. He looks me right in the eye and softly says I was speeding. I'm sorry, but, you see, I am in the military. Just an hour ago I got back from my tour in Iraq. 
My girlfriend here just picked me up from the airport and to be honest, I was rushing home to my 2 minute welcome home bang session. Looking in the back seat I seen military style duffel bags, miscellaneous military BDU uniforms, a folded up welcome home banner and his girlfriend in passenger seat gave me this yay, that's the truth look. Have fun I said and handed him back his license. Worst, oh man, there's so many, I have to take a crap is used more often than one might think. The ones I always enjoy are well I know officer so and so very well. He'll get me out of this. That's guaranteed to get you a ticket. Following closely is the do you not have anything better to do than harass the public. Nope not today. Not this exact moment. You're the lucky winner. Press hard. Get dispatched to an accident. And find a Corolla flipped onto its roof. Driver was sitting on the curb with very minor injuries and no one else was hurt in the collision. I ended up arresting driver for DUI. She was 19 and this was her third DUI. Her response. Why are we wasting each other's time? Just let me go. It's not like I killed anyone. Unfortunately, with the way the courts work in LA. County she was probably going to get off without any consequences. Someone I knew was trying to get out of drinking and driving. She went up to the cop and was like listen. We are all white here. Needless to say she went to jail. Plot twist. Cop was black. Flirting is always bad. But is especially bad when the driver is really old. Really young. Or has their family in the car with them. I don't consider myself to be super attractive. But people will do anything to get out of a ticket. Threatening the officer is also pretty bad. That's happened before. Sometimes it is threatening to kill my family if write them a ticket. But sometimes people get a little more creative. Some. Racist. People assume that I am an illegal immigrant and threaten to report me if I write them a ticket. That one always makes me laugh. Bribing is always interesting. Some of the things people come up with are actually kind of funny. As a driver, had cop pull me over. I was 17 roughly, driving my mom's new car at almost 30 over in a residential area. Cop walks up, asks if it's a new car. Yup, bet you can't even hear the engine when it gets going. Yup, steering is probably pretty good, right? Yup, etc for several more questions. Then just walks back to his car and drives off. His point was well established, but it was weird as heck to me at the time. I literally never offered one excuse, he did, and I just sat there answering yup. Not a cop, but I've seen many of my ex's ways on avoiding tickets and she has avoided many tickets. Her best escape was by faking being mute unfortunately, she knows sign language. Most cops would feel bad ticketing her so they just let her go, while I feel bad for those cops. I have some old buddies that know sign language, and they pull this crap out on any and all cops. It's freaking hilarious, but not as much as when they inevitably find a cop that also knows sign language. One lady yelled and cursed at me while saying I was wasting my time dealing with her when I should be getting the real bad and dangerous drivers out there. She was stopped for going 17 miles per hour over in an active school zone. Only a cadet, but I do go on ride-alongs. Someone tried to get out of a ticket by using religion. They had said that they were a great Christian and didn't deserve a ticket. Called us evil. Got a ticket. Anytime a person proclaims they are a good Christian, I know they are about to try something shady. My dad once pulled over a woman who claimed she had diarrhea and that's why she was driving so fast. He's an understanding guy so naturally he let her drive home, but followed her and wrote the ticket there. 
relevance. My friend had a theory that if you could make a cop laugh, you can get out of a ticket. I'd watched him do this on three occasions. Once, he was actually going 40 miles over the posted limit, a felony, and he told the cop that he was trying to get tampons to his girlfriend who was cheering at our high school football away game. That was the actual truth. She clocked him going 95 in a 55, let him off with a warning after some easy chat and a few laughs. The best, though, was when he got pulled over for having a busted turn signal. He handed the cop his license and asked, Do you think I look better now or when I took that picture? The cop looked up and hesitated like he actually thought about it. We all laughed and the cop went back to his car. He walked back with his hand on his gun and said, Do you realize there's a warrant out for your arrest? Stunned silence. Step out of the vehicle. He unbuttons his holster. I'm just fricking with you man. You frick with me and I'm gonna frick with you. My friend claimed he wasn't scared but that's complete bulls. We all laughed. Cop let us go with a warning. Not a cop, but a friend was once stopped for a broken headlight. In my country there's a fine for that. He didn't know what to do so he got out of his car. No paranoid police here. And told the officer that the light does that sometimes and kicked it. It actually freaking worked. The light turned back on and he was off his way. I've done the same. Had an old Volvo that if you hit the passenger side light, it would come on. One night I forgot to give it the old bump and drove off. Pulled over. The officer asked if I knew it was out. And I told him the secret. He hit it for me. Came back and said well I can tell you have better things to spend your money on. I'll let you off with a warning. Not a cop. But I've been pulled over 5 plus times and have never had a ticket. I also have several family friends who are officers. Two best pieces of advice I have. 1. Be as perfectly respectful and polite as you can. Please thank you. Yes sir mom no sir mom. 2. If it is night time, turn on all your interior lights before the officer even gets to your window. It is a lot less scary approaching a car that you can see inside of. This is not the car you're looking for, in an Obi-Wan Kenobi impression with the hand wave. The coolest thing I witnessed a friend do that worked and got him out of a speeding ticket. The officer tried hard not to crack then just bent over below the window line where we couldn't see him but could hear him laugh. He then raised himself and said you have a good day, then left. Am I being detained officer? Yes. Something along the lines of well, frick. He literally thought asking if he was being detained would get him out of a ticket, like the YouTube videos he'd been watching. I guess you could say it worked, because instead of a ticket he got a summons to court. I had a lady offer me a job once, a real one, not a blow job. Motorist why aren't you out catching murderers? Cop we have a homicide squad for that. I'm a veteran and rolled through a stop sign near the VA hospital. It was at a T-section and everyone always only looked in the one direction and rolled through and this cop knew that and was waiting. He would just walk onto the road and point at you and tell you to pull over then give you a ticket. On this day he caught me and the lady behind me. We pull over. He checks her and then approaches my vehicle and asks me for mine. I gave him my license and he posits whether I have any other forms of it. I hand him my veteran's card. He takes a look then hands both back and says if she served I'd let her off too. Remember to come to her complete stop next time. Have a good day, bud. Plot twist. She was my wife and I still ended up paying the ticket. I love the video of the woman talking to an officer that pulled her over for failure to stop. I thought you didn't give pretty girls tickets? 
Pardon me? I thought you didn't give pretty girls tickets? You didn't think we gave pretty girls tickets? You're absolutely right. We don't. Sign here. Police brutality. Former highway patrol officer. More than anything, I've had people say they are in a hurry to get to the bathroom. On more than one occasion, they've even gone as far as to pee themselves in hopes to avoid a ticket. Also not a cop. But my best friend got out of a ticket for accidentally flashing a boob at the officer. She had just gotten a tattoo that went around the outside of her breast and couldn't wear a bra while it was healing. She was pulled over for speeding and while nervously trying to get her id, insurance, and registration her boob fell out of her tank top. The police officer kept trying to get her attention and she got frustrated and sort of yelled yes. I know. License and registration. Give me a minute and the officer responded with miss. Please. Your shirt. She looked down, became beet red, and quickly tucked her boob back in and handed him her paperwork without trying to make any eye contact. The officer started laughing bc he realized she was incredibly embarrassed and not actually trying to flash him so he told her just to slow it down and let her go. She's gotten out of a few other tickets pretty ingeniously, but that's my favorite story. Not a cop. But someone I know got pulled over doing about 80 in a 50, and when the officer approached his window and asked why were you driving so fast this person's response was sorry officer, I was trying to get my flux capacitor up to speed. The cop didn't find it very funny. I feel a lot of these stories go one way or another based on the officer's sense of humor. One gave me a get out of jail monopoly card. Let him off with a warning. What else could I do he had the card. My mom actually did this accidentally before. She had her registration in a plastic holder and had forgotten that her friend had stuck a get out of jail free card on the other side. Got pulled over and handed the whole plastic thing to the cop. He laughed and let her go. This was in like 1992 or 1993. I was pretty young but still remember it happening. I crested a hill going 85 and a 70 only to see an officer sitting on the side of the road in his Ford Explorer. I knew he had me, so I pulled over before he could even pull out and turn his lights on. When he came up to my window he noticed a little helicopter sticker on the side of my car. Seeing the sticker he asked me they let you drive like that on Fort Rooker it was a pretty good assumption since that's where army flight school is, and I was about an hour away from the base. Of course me being smart and not stationed there anymore replied I don't know sir, I'm stationed at Fort Benning, to which he fired back they let you drive like that on Fort Benning? I gave him a chuckle and a no sir, let me go with a verbal warning. Overall it was a 8 stroke 10 experience, would do over. Before the law or SOP changed to having to be 18 for a police ride along, I did one with my police officer dad when I was 11 for take your daughter to work day. It was a day shift and there wasn't much action going on. About midway through the shift, my dad parked on the side of the road and let me handle the radar gun. Out of nowhere, a car comes speeding down a nearby hill mark 30 miles per hour. I clock the car at 90 miles per hour. My dad clicks on the lights and sirens and takes off after it. It doesn't slow down. Before I know it, we are doing 110 miles per hour on a CTH. We go for about 5 miles and this car still won't stop or slow down. She hits a mailbox and makes her trash can fly. Dad calls for backup and soon there are two squad cars going after this car. I'm frickin' pumped. This is the most intense action I've ever experienced in my 11 years of life. Way better than being at school. The car finally pulls over, 
It doesn't take long to notice that the windows of the car are missing and are replaced with saran wrap, duct tape to the car. I should probably share that at this point of his life. My dad was about 325 pounds, 6 feet 5, shaved head, and intimidating as heck. If I got in trouble, all this guy had to do was look at me with angry eyes, and I would immediately wish for a quick, swift death. Dad goes up to the car, lets me get out of the squad and stand by near the hood of said squad, and has the driver get out. It's a middle-aged woman who weighs maybe 125 and clocks in at around 5 feet 2 height wise. My dad brings his face down to hers, inches away, looks at her with eyes that could kill and asks in an intimidating yet controlled manner. Why the heck were you going so fast and why the heck didn't you pull over when I had my sirens and lights going? The woman tells my dad that she didn't pull over because she didn't hear or see him behind her. My dad, with bladed hand inches from her face, if you were ever in army basic training, you know exactly what kind of bladed hand gesture I'm talking about, asks, you're telling me that you didn't hear or see me when you have no goddamn windows on your car. You have dang saran wrap on your windows as soon as my dad finishes this question the lady replies, Sir, I just wet myself. My dad made her pee her pants just with a look and a question. I didn't get to stick around for the aftermath because my dad asked the responding officer to take me back to the station so he could continue with the arrest. When I got older, I asked my dad about the lady. Apparently she blew a .34 on the breathalyzer at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Yikes. Definitely the coolest take your daughter to work day ever. One time a dude made a documentary to prove his innocence, but it didn't work. Not a cop but I got out of a ticket on the way to the midnight premiere of Lord of the Rings Return of the King. I was dressed as Gandalf and the officer told me to slow down or I shall not pass. We had a laugh and he let me go after giving me a warning. Small town cops are the best. I was once pulled over for a rolling stop through a stop sign at an otherwise empty intersection. The cop said to me something along the lines of, you shouldn't be driving like that with your daughter in the car with you. I then let him know that she was actually my wife and not my daughter. He turned a shade of red very similar to the lights on the roof of his car, told us to have a nice day, and went back to his car. The humor and or embarrassment can usually get you out of a ticket as long as it's respectful. Not a cop. But the cop at the courthouse where we got our licenses told us this one. In Virginia you can have only one non-family member under 18 in the car until you are 18. He pulled over this kid in his parents van filled with his friends who definitely were not 18. He asked the kid if these were all his brothers and sisters. The kid turned to him and said, in the eyes of God we are. He didn't get a ticket. Police officers of Reddit, who's the smartest criminal you've ever encountered? I worked with this one guy who had a lengthy record. He had a system for getting released if he got caught. After committing a crime, if the police were in pursuit and he knew he was about to be cornered, he would act insane. His girl would play along with it telling the police that he was off his medication. The police would arrest him but then send him to a mental ward with papers instructing the ward to release to police once he was cleared. Once he was in the mental ward, he would cause a distraction that would make the person attending the desk with the file cabinet to leave said cabinet. He would then crawl to the file cabinet, look for his release to police papers, and then would literally eat the papers. When the psych evaluators decided that he was stable enough to be released, there would be no instructions to send him to the police, and he would be released to the general public. He did this about 10 times until police officers noticed him back on the streets. 
This stunt forced the states to change their procedure for detaining mentally unstable suspects. My favorite was the guy who stole the post office mailbox off the street, repainted it, and then put it next to the night deposit box at a bank, and hung an out of order sign on the deposit box. All the businesses came along and dropped off their deposits in the mailbox. A guy I went to high school had been stealing from Walmart in a pretty clever way. He would grab video games, mp3 players, beer etc. and throw them away in a trash can in the garden section. The workers never checked the trash contents and he would just wait, sometimes 5 hours until they emptied the trash in the back dumpster and hop in to get his items. Once he took a cardboard box from a display inside, filled it with video games, a PS3, and extra controllers. He grabbed some tape and pens and drew all over the box and taped it up to make it look used and tossed it. An hour later he had a whole new PS3 and stack of games. I'm not a cop but I worked crime scene. This guy had attached GPS to the bottom of people's cars who owned houses. He wanted to rob. He did it to ensure they wouldn't be showing up while he was ransacking the place. I heard about one person that pulled a shoplifting scam on a large, popular and well-known US retail store. They walked in with some cheap nylon product to get one of those I walked in with the stickers they used to put on returning merchandise. The sticker easily peeled off the product undamaged. They walked to the electronics department, grabbed an expensive box off the shelf and went to customer service. They placed the sticker on the big box and asked if they could return the item without a receipt. Unfortunately, no, not without the original receipt. Dang it, and they walk out. Customer service even gave the doorman the thumbs up having just interacted with the customer. This took place before widespread inventory controls and cameras absolutely everywhere. I feel like I would remember what I had and hadn't recently put a sticker on, but perhaps I wouldn't be getting paid enough to worry too much about it. I remember an officer telling me about a BND alarm he and his team responded to. No one was there to report the alarm. It must have been a security monitoring company that called. When police showed up, everything seemed normal, most lights were off, and there was an employee still working. Explains he was there working late and must have set off an alarm. They almost believed him until he said UHH before saying the name of the company he worked for. After that it was downhill but with a little more research he would have pretty much gotten away with it. I don't care how long I've been working for a company, I'd probably still say it with my dumbass too. I'll be sure not to loiter around any crime scenes now. There's one guy I recently dealt with who is on parole. I stopped him in my city after he was looking to buy drugs. Usually people come from all over to buy drugs and then leave. I issue him a warning and let him go as it's pretty common and he sang like a bird regarding the people he was trying to buy from. Anyway, the next day, I got a call from his parole officer who says he was alerted the guy was pulled over and wanted to verify that it was his guy that I stopped. I'm a little confused at first but he goes on to say that the day before, he was scheduled to meet with him but he had an excuse and bailed. His excuse was that he was in the hospital. Well when he spoke with him the following day, 
he was able to provide documentation that he had entered the hospital day 1 and had left day 2. Well I had stopped him at 115 in the morning and after looking at the picture, it was 100% him. Turns out the guy had checked in then out of the hospital on day 1, then in and out again on day 2. He then rearranged half the paperwork to make it look like he was in the hospital overnight which would make my car stop off him appear like I mixed him up with someone else as well as give him a valid excuse to miss their meeting. Not sure what's gonna happen to that guy but I thought it was pretty clever. This was in the late 90s early zeros. A guy in my dorm came to school solely to deal drugs. He took out student loans. Registered for a bunch of 300 person freshman survey courses where he would never be missed. Then literally never went to class. All he did was go to raves and concerts and keggers and sell party drugs. After the first semester, he was suspended. He wrote the usual I was young and dumb and in over my head sob story, and got put on probation for a semester, so he had a repeat of the fall. At the end of the year, he was kicked out, and didn't care. He made something on the order of $150k, in return for about $8k in student loans to cover a year of housing and tuition. So far as I know, he was never caught. It may have been a short-sighted maneuver in the long run, but in the short run it seemed fairly genius to effectively use federal loans to start your drug business. Working in a home improvement store when younger, this guy came in, went to the snowblowers, took one and went to the return desk, said he wanted to return it but had no receipt. They told him you need a receipt so he says okay I'll be back and wheels it off to car through the front door. He did this a few times apparently. Couple places even helped him load it back into his car. Most of them are really stupid so this guy isn't a criminal mastermind but here goes. He wanted to rob a jewelers on our city's main street. So he found out the flat beside the jewelers was empty and he hid there. For two weeks he triggered the alarm on purpose several times a night. Massive headache for the police and the business. We turned up to see nothing there. Nothing on cameras. Thought it was just a fluke so the jewelers turned off the alarm system and said they'd wait until the morning to get a new one installed or that one raywired because something wasn't right. As soon as he heard that and the police leaving he tore down the wall. Had already been working on this apparently and robbed the place taking his sweet time. Escaped without anyone noticing anything for hours until the jewelers came back in the morning. Then he tried to resell something he stole which had a serial number on it and got caught. So not that smart after all. Good effort though. He did all the hard work pretty well. There's a golf course country club in my town that has a PGA tournament scheduled in the next couple years. They have a guy repeatedly breaking in overnight and just lounging around and eating food, all on camera. The club refuses to report it so they don't hurt their chances of the tournament coming. Like some kind of movie comedy plot. Chaotic neutral. Worked at a jail. After getting off work, I watched an ex-inmate, homeless, being released. He walked over to a patrol car, looked me in the eye, and the elbowed the window in. He was walked back to the entrance and rebooked in. It was middle of January. He didn't want to get too cold. Not only does he stay warm through the winter, he is also provided with three hot meals and a bed. I would do the same if I found myself homeless and jobless. A French thief who spent 10 years in prison became a comedian when he got out. One of his stories. Finds a building. Goes in, chooses a floor and transforms the exit door into an extra apartment. Puts the apartment number. Fake lock. Welcome rug. Etc. 
puts an iPhone for sale. The person comes to buy it, he opens the door in a shower robe and says give me one second. I am just gonna count the money, and poof. He's gone from the exit stairs. This seems like exactly the kind of crime a comedian would commit. A friend of my brother moved to Israel where for a period of time it was as acceptable to drive with an American driver's license. He was pulled over for speeding, and when asked for his license, gave the officer his Costco card. Costco is a membership-based retail warehouse in the US and a few other countries. The exchange apparently went something like this. Officer, Costco? What is Costco? Friend, it's the state I'm from. Officer, that sounds made up. Friend, there are lots of states you probably haven't heard of. Have you heard of Arkansas? How about Idaho? Officer, I guess not. Friend, well I'm from the small state of Costco. The officer didn't have a response and wound up writing the ticket to someone with a Costco driver's license. Friend framed the ticket and still has it hanging on his wall. One guy would print barcodes, bring them into Home Depot and stick them on merchandise in the $100 range. When scanned the items came up around the $10 range. Putting random barcodes on things isn't really illegal and super hard to notice. Guy 2 would come in an hour later and buy the underpriced stuff. Complete plausible deniability. They would then sell the stuff on eBay. Only reason they got caught is because the guy with the barcode printer software cast the second guy out of the operation so Guy 2 stole a bunch of barcodes, put them on the merchandise and paid for it immediately afterwards. He then proceeded to rat on the first guy and spilled the beans they had been doing this on a weekly basis for over 4 years. Because we could only pin the one case on him, the burglary was dropped down to a pretty theft and he walked away with a few days in county and a small fine. Dude probably took home the put for tens of thousands over the years. Probably someone who committed a crime I never solved. With that being said I had a guy use a sledgehammer to smash his way through a wall at a Best Buy and steal a bunch of phones and cameras. He was smart enough to wear gloves and a face mask and not touch anything he didn't have to. Alarms didn't go off until he exited out the back door, which the alarm company gets after a minute or two and takes them like 3 stroke 4 minutes to call into us, giving him a good 5 minute head start so he was probably a few miles away before we got dispatched to it. He clearly scoped out the area before doing his deed too. Smart dude. I just keep thinking about Sledge from Rainbow Six Siege. Not a police officer, but was in RA in college. My university owned all the houses adjacent to campus. These were ran like dorms, with RAs and the same rules which included a very strict no alcohol policy. It was a privilege to live in the houses, and priority was given to upperclassmen who were more likely to bend that rule because they were of age and it was harder to police off campus in houses. There was a student who went around knocking on doors saying something like I'm in RA and housing director's name sent me for health and wellness checks. She'd find their booze, take it, and follow up with how she's doing them a favor by just giving them a warning. She wasn't actually in RA and was just keeping the booze for herself. The only reason she got found out was because she did it to an actual RA. The RA was male, they kept men and women housing separate, and just assumed he didn't know her because of that. It was only later he questioned why they had a female doing wellness checks on male housing. They did an investigation and asked other residents. Incidents dated back previous two years. Never found out who it was. Yaras aren't actually allowed to go through our room. They come in, see no fire hazards, 
They aren't even allowed to open the fridge or any boxes or anything. As long as it isn't out in the open we're good. Here's one. I knew this guy back in the early 80s. Let's call him Jim. Well he really wanted this high powered super bike but he knew he couldn't ever afford it. So what he did was to take drive to London and scouted about for a few days until he found that particular model parked outside a house. He goes back that night with a sledgehammer, pulls the lock, and steals the bike. He gets it home, puts it in his garage and completely strips it so that the only thing left is the frame and the bottom half of the engine, which he drags into the weeds at the bottom of his garden. Then he pours fuel over it and burns it a bit. A few weeks pass and weeds have started growing over it. It's at that point he calls the cops and reports that someone had dumped a bike frame in his garden. The cops show up and he explains that he just got back from being away and found it. The cops take the frame and note down high name and address. A few days later, the cops call him and say that the bike had been stolen from London a month or so ago, from the serial number on the bottom half of the engine and frame, and that the insurance company had classed the bike as a write-off, and had told the cops to dispose of it. Now, because the frame was found in his garden and the insurance company didn't want it, the cops were duty bound to ask him if he wanted to keep it, or if they should throw it. So he tells them that he'd always wanted to build a bike. He gets the fame back from them, repaints it, then puts it all back together and re-registers it as a Q-Reg. Stolen and recovered. I forgot to call him Jim didn't I? I always laugh when somebody names a character and then proceeds to never use the name. Nice catch. Same thing as the computer rooms. Guys would cut the power to electrical stations damage the wiring then hide waiting for the cops to show up. Once the owners of the buildings came they would shut off the power because of the unsafe wiring that would have to be repaired in the morning. Everyone would leave for the night, then then would cut away all the non-powered wiring to get the copper. Not a policeman here, but I have a nice story from insurance debt collectors. There was this guy who was already in heaps of debt, like more than a lifetime's worth of debt. He proceeded to file several policy reports for identity theft up to the point that he got protected from financial checkups. It was a temporary measure that were given to repeated identity theft victims. At the same time he had reported fake income to the IRS for the last couple of years to between 40 to 60 millions depending on the year. So when he applied for credit cards and loans, they were unable to check his financial credit due to the identity theft protection. But they checked his tax returns which showed he had a massive income, got his loans and credit cards, emptied them out and left the country. That's a good way to finance emigrating out of a third world country. I used to run bars at a number of venues around the north of England, one of which was Chester Racecourse. Usually, we'd just have to keep an eye out for scousers trying to nick drinks or sneak in without paying, and with it being so close to Liverpool there was a fair amount of security on site. You could tell them, as they'd be suited, booted, a high-vis waistcoat on and usually carrying a radio. Now there were a dozen or so bars dotted around the course, and you can imagine the amount of money that was taken from a hundred thousand or so punters drinking steadily from 11 until 8 or 9 in the evening. So every hour or so, the security would go round the bars in turn and take all the high denomination notes from each till and stick them in the safe in the main building. So I'm stood there one day. Pulling pints doing the barman thing. The security blokes have been round a few times and it's getting steadily busier. Then one bloke shows up on his own. High vis on and radio in his hand. Does the till. Leaving the usual receipt so we can balance up at the end of the meeting. Bit early I think. 
But hey ho, I've got plenty to do. Then 10 minutes or so later, two more blokes show up, dressed the same. Oh, your mate's just been here. I said, no need to touch that just yet. What mate we're the only two doing this duty today? Cue a rapid fire and increasingly panicked exchange over the radio. Matey boy who'd done the till before used to work there apparently. So he knew the drill and he'd been watching the guards and knew just when to time it and what order they were going round the bars in. Apparently he got round 9 or 10 before he decided not to push his luck any further and walked away with. About 80 grand we heard later. Just took off the high vis. Dumped that and the radio and he's just one more guy in a suit in a crowd of thousands. They were a bit stricter on the procedure after that. Colon. There's a small tourist town where I grew up that is divided in half by a big river. The only way between the two sides is over a long bridge. Unless you go all the way around another mountain pass. These guys called in, like, 2-3 bomb threats to a posh hotel on one side of the bridge. I think they even left some dummy packages. All the police went across the bridge to do crowd control, etc, etc. The guys then called in a bomb threat on the bridge, and started robbing stuff on the other side. The police couldn't be positive the bomb threat was real or not and hesitated long enough to give the thieves a head start. If it was my town I'd put police stations on both sides, but that would probably cost more money than they have. Not a cop. We got called for a rollover car accident. We get there and the car is empty so we think he got ejected. My partner and I start looking for a body nearby. A few minutes later a cop tells us that they think the driver is a mile down the road walking. We go check on him and he tells us he's fine but he wasn't driving the car. He also didn't know who was driving the car. And he had clearly been drinking. During the ride to the air. He told me that as long as the cops don't find you and in the car, the local do won't pursue drunk driving charges. All you had to do was get out of the car and walk away from it. A couple of my friends from high school, they were brothers, stocked shelves worked in the back during the night, right around when the PS4 was released. They mostly emptied a big bag of dog food and stuck two or three playstations in there, resealed it and waited a few days to buy that bag from the back. Comma learns about smartest criminals. Comma becomes smartest criminal himself. The smartest criminals are the ones the cops don't know about. Hey folks. As requested by a few of you. I created a Patreon with some really cool stuff. For example having your name or company and anything you may want promoted mentioned in each episode. Which you know is a lot and. Other cool things like ad free listening. So I can hopefully make a career doing what I love which is giving people a healthy escape from reality or content to fall asleep to. The link is in the description or Google G. A. W. I. D. Entertainment Podcasts Patreon. I appreciate you.